This is your host, Vernon Terrell with Grace Ministries International, and it's time for Walking Free. And welcome back, and welcome back, Michelle. Thank you. Good to be here. We're going to continue with our discussion on 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We're going to wrap it up today. We're Let, going to, let's do this. All the way, we're going to go to verse 40 and wrap up 1 Corinthians 7. And we're so excited. One thing we want you to uh, benefit, I guess, one benefit of this podcast is for you to take action on what you hear. We want you to have something that you can take action from. And whether it is uh, helping somebody else or helping yourself, we want you to not just talk about it, not just muse about it, not just think and ponder these great ideas. We want you to walk it out uh, as the Lord leads and as the Lord directs, whatever that means for you. I don't know what that is. The Lord does. Well, I think the Holy Spirit is going to reveal it to each of our listeners. I think so. So let's, uh, we talked a little bit about this in verse 21, but we'll start uh, in 1 Corinthians 7, 21 and continue forward. I have a question before we start. Yes. Okay. Have you heard this called um, the book of first corrections? Ooh. Yeah. Isn't that good? Book of first corrections. Okay. Why? Because Paul is writing to correct the Corinthians on a lot of their misconceptions that they had. They wrote a letter with a bunch of questions, so he's helping correct their um, their worldview. Um, the other thing I've heard it called is the first Californians. Okay. Um, Am we... I in trouble with that? Listen, I used to live out in California, and it's a little different culture out there than where we are here in Georgia. You're a Cali girl. I was. Well, I've I've been a few different. Yes, <laughs> you've been a Cali girl, Arizona girl, Canadian girl. Yep, and now I'm a Georgia girl. Georgia girl. I'm a, a Georgia peach now. I'm so glad you are. Um, verse 21, Paul continues and says, Were you called while a slave? And let's st stop for a moment. I mean, is Paul condoning slavery here? Nope. He's just not combating the the cultural way that things were done back then. So he's saying, you live in this fallen world. In this fallen world, uh, at that time, slavery was very normal. And so he's, he's not asking people to stand up and, and rage against it. He's saying, here's how you survive in this fallen, broken world. This is like, this is the culture we're in right now. This is where we live. Right. And, and if you if you want to make it through, if you want to survive it, here's some biblical, you know, God-inspired advice for handling the situation. If you're a slave and you hear the gospel and you come to faith, well, what do I do now? And he says, well, were you called while a slave? Do not worry about it. But if you are able, and I love this, if you are able also to become free, which is a great thing, rather do that. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. I feel like if we were to put that in today's vernacular, it would sound like this. If you came to faith while you're in debt, consider yourself rich in the Lord. But if you can get out of debt, that's a really good idea. Do that. But mm. if when you came to faith in God, um, you were debt-free, 
then you need to consider that you are indebted to the Lord. I love that. And and that's really part of the application. And um, when we talk about this idea of stop talking, start walking, if you can become free, whatever that is to you, whatever you're, you might be in bondage to, whether it's actual financial debt, if you can get free, get free. That's a good thing. But you know what? Don't be so consumed. I know folks, to use your example, who make, in my opinion, being debt-free an idol. Right. It's, it's like you are a, you're not really saved. You're not really a Christian. You're not really spiritual if you have debt. It's good to live debt-free, but Paul says here, don't worry about it. Don't let your mind be consumed with it mm. to the point that you're you're missing out on that uh, intimate relationship with God because all you think about is is the money. Right. There's a lot of life to live. Make steps to become debt-free. Absolutely. Good thing. Live your life. Enjoy your life. En- enjoy Christ. He came to give you life and that abundant. So that's just one example I think in in that same line, what comes to my mind is sometimes people are eager to get debt-free so they can have financial security instead of finding security in the Lord. Mm. And so God's ultimate for us is not to be debt-free. God's ultimate for us is to have intimacy with Him. He loves it when His kids are are walking in that freedom and not in bondage um, to finances, but uh, we have to have a balanced, healthy, biblical perspective on that. And this isn't saying if you're in bondage to sin, or that's not the idea. Again, if you're a slave, if your situation is pretty bad, if you can improve it, if your job, if you have a job you don't like, you really don't like it, and, and, you, be, and, and you accept Christ, if you can get a better job, well, get a better job. But if not, don't worry about it. Trust the Lord in it, that he's in it with you, and he's guiding you in it and through it I think, while you're there. I think this is the biblical concept, bloom where you're planted. Mm. Wherever uh, the Lord has planted you, you get to bloom there. And you know where uh, plants tend to grow best? Where would that be? In the fertilizer. Sometimes mm. we are in difficult circumstances and we bloom best when we're dependent on him, when the circumstances are not ideal. Oh, we still have that opportunity to bloom in him. And that fertilizer is often called, well, I guess you got the idea on yeah. that one. All right, let's get, let's let's move on. He says again, for he who was called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who was called while free is Christ's slave. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, each one is to remain with God in that condition in which he was called. So you know what? You accept Christ wherever you are. That's amazing. That's amazing. And he transitions here, though, to something that might be sensitive to some, might not. I don't know. Let's keep reading in verse 25. Here's another condition uh, in where you were called and with this transition. Now concerning virgins, those who have never been married. He goes, I have no command of the Lord, but I give an opinion as one who by the mercy of the Lord is trustworthy. So what is he saying? Well, I think, again, putting it into our common vernacular, this would be talking about single folks. 
Now he's answering a question that the Corinthians have written him saying, what about those people who have never been married? Are they supposed to get married? Are they supposed to stay single? What is your view on singleness? So Paul is going to share with us his um, perspective, his opinion. And I think it's important that Paul gives us, he models for us. As a Christian leader, he says, uh, there's times that I'm sharing with you uh, exactly what God has told us, what Jesus spoke on. And then there's these other issues that he talks about from his own opinion. I think that's a great model for us to follow as believers, as, as especially in leadership or as counselors, is we need to be clear with folks. Hey, I'm sharing this with you, and here's the biblical foundation. Um, when someone's asking, you know, is it okay if I, um, wow, what's an? I was going to use an example that we didn't give a, a disclaimer with for kids. Yes. Um, we'll hold yeah, how, on that. Yeah. How, how close can I get with my uh, girlfriend or boyfriend? Exactly. You know, where's the line? Where's the line exactly? And so there are very explicit scriptures that talk about our purity, um, and that's coming from the Lord. But there's other areas that are gray where I can say, well, this isn't, the, the Bible doesn't say explicitly, but let me tell you from my my wisdom, my years of experience, and from the Holy Spirit inside of me guiding me, here's here's the opinion that I would share with you. I think it's important for us to, to communicate that way mm-hmm. so that our opinion doesn't sound like there's a Bible verse that says this is uh, how we need to live our life. And this actually is a Bible verse, but it's a Bible verse that's that's in the context. Paul is very explicit saying, hey, I'm going to give you my opinion. The Lord didn't cover this, and the Lord didn't cover a lot of things while on this planet. This is one of the things he didn't cover, and Paul says, look, I'm going to give you my opinion as one who is trustworthy here. And then he says. Well, and what, I, what he's about to say Um, just for a little cliffhanger here, is if I were just to read everything else that Paul wrote about this subject of singleness versus Mm -hmm. being married, I I was surprised at what Paul responds here. I would have thought he went a different direction with this. Um, So I think it's fun to be surprised when, when we see what his opinion is here. He has spoken in many other passages about um, how we're supposed to show up in marriage. uh, And how we do marriage right. How we do it well. And then, and then he comes up with this. Well, well, what did he say? All right, let's let's jump to it. He goes in verse twenty-six of First Corinthians seven. I think then that this is good in view of the present distress. Here we go. That is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be released. Are you released from a wife? Do not seek a wife. Let's, what do you mean by are you released from a wife? Well, what, what does that mean? Uh, if you're released, that means you're no longer married. Okay. So how uh, is that divorce? Is that through death? Uh, I think when you're released from a, from a wife, it could be either. Okay. It could be either. He goes, uh, and he, but he says it looks specifically about divorce because don't seek to be released. There is like, he's not saying, well, you know, don't seek for your spouse to die. Okay. <laughs> okay. But uh, I do think the application applies both ways. He says, are you released from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But, verse 28, if you marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Yet, such will have trouble in this life. And I'm trying to spare you. 
Uh-oh. <laughs> what is he saying? And this, we're reading this as uh, newlyweds who are four months into our marriage Absolutely. going, wait, are we, what do we sign up for here? What's Paul saying? Uh-oh. He goes, you will have trouble in this life, and I'm trying to spare you. Remember when he started, he gave some context here. He goes, I think um, this is good in view of the what? Present distress. There was a lot of stuff going on uh, in that day. A lot of persecution. Uh, it wasn't like our society today. I mean, Christians were hunted and they were dying. And they were using your spouse against you, your kids against you, uh, to recant, to do to whatever. And he says, look, you haven't sinned, virgin. If you get married, okay. I'm just telling you, in my opinion, you're going to have trouble in this life, and I'm just trying to spare you. You you already mentioned I'm from Canada originally. We Mm. have a a band, a Canadian band called BNL. They have a song called Lovers in a Dangerous Time, and it's going through my head as you're reading this. (laughs) You want to sing it? (laughs) No, I I digress. Okay. Uh, He says in verse 29, he continues, But this I say, brethren, the time has been shortened. The time has been shortened. Very interesting. So that from now on, those who have wives should be as though they had none. And those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. And those who buy as though they did not possess. And those who use the world as though as though they did not make full use of it, for the form of this world is passing away. He's saying we are in survival mode. Mm. We have got to kick it into survival mode here because um, the times are so tough. That time has been shortened. I think it could mean a couple of things. It could mean our life our lifespans here mm-hmm. are looking short. You know, we would have thought that we would have had, you know, 70, 80 years to live, and it's looking like, boy, with the persecution going on, our time is shortened. The other thing he may be thinking is, this is so bad. Jesus has got to be coming back soon for us. Have you ever said that? Oh, look at the newspapers. Well, the newspaper, forgive me. Look at the internet news. Uh, look at cable news and the newspapers, if you still read that. I mean, it's crazy. And we say the same thing. The time is short. 2,000 years later, nothing new under the sun. But we're closer now than they were back then. We are closer. And, and Paul is saying again uh, in, in uh, verse 29 and 30, he says, survival mode, kick it in high gear now. Those who weep, just like you do not weep. If you have wives in verse 29, like you had none, is that his ideal marriage? Is that like, hey, we're married, but don't act like you're married Is that the ideal? Well, I think you set it up well to say that um, people's wives and kids were being used against them. Mm. Um, So probably not the ideal situation to go and flaunt your your intimate relationships because they were being used against the believers, um, and it it made them quite vulnerable. You know, God does not mind us being shrewd. He he wants us to be wise uh, about how we go about our business. This is not to be used as um, 
as a way forward uh, in uh, growing your marriage. This is, as Michelle said, survival mode when society is coming against us. And by the way, this may be very applicable, this particular set of verses in certain countries. Even today. Today. So you have to ask the Lord uh, where you are culturally uh, in your country. Uh, Does it make sense for you to take Paul's opinion, his advice right here? Literally, it may be just for you. But we continue, he goes, I want you to be free from concern in verse 32. One who is unmarried is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and his interests are divided. The woman who is unmarried and the virgin, interesting, you know, the two, he's separating. The woman who is unmarried and the virgin, never been married, is concerned about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy, both in body and spirit. But one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. This I say for your own benefit, not to put a restraint upon you, but to promote what is appropriate and to secure undistracted devotion to the Lord. All right. The burning question we all have, Vernon, is, so is the woman who is married not holy in body and spirit because she's concerned about the things of the world. Of course not. That is not what he is saying. Okay, what's he saying? This idea of uh, being holy both in body and spirit, that word holy is the word to be separate unto something, okay? And when you are unmarried, you are you have got your full attention, and that's what he's bringing uh, in the context, your full attention Undivided attention is to the Lord. You are set apart for that purpose. When you're married, your interests are divided uh, in that sense. You are, you're under the Lord and you're under your husband or your wife. But you know what? When you are focused on your wife, that is part of God's will for you, to please her. And Paul even gives that advice and that counsel in other letters. I think, unfortunately, we hear a lot of times that some folks in Christian leadership um, don't allow their time to be divided between ministry and family. And you you see a lot of um, kids in those families growing up um, feeling abandoned by parents who are so ministry-minded that they, um, they tend to not spend the time that they need investing in the family. So I think in, in that way, Paul is giving permission to say, if you have a family and kids and you're in full-time ministry, please focus on those family and mm-hmm. on your family and kids. It is not uh, more noble to abandon your spouse and kids for the sake of ministry. You are actually called to care for your family and kids. So let's let's keep the balance that that God has called us to. And remember, in the present distress is the context that he's writing and answering the question. Undistracted devotion to the Lord is undistracted in this present distress. You are going to be distracted if you're married and you're going to be worried about the safety of your your wife or your husband and your kids. You're going to be distracted and rightly so, uh, you will be distracted. So in the present distress, Paul says, hey, look, in my opinion, don't get married. If you are married, act like you're single when you're out in public. 
Act like you don't even have anything because they'll come and take it away. Act like you don't have money, you're not using the world, that you're single, that you don't. That's how you need to, to love and protect your family. That's loving in this present distress. He continues and says uh, in verse uh, 36, but if any man thinks that he is acting unbecomingly toward his virgin daughter, if she is past her youth, and if it must be so, let him do what he wishes. He does not sin. Let her marry. Now, that's we don't see that much that a man, a dad, mm-hmm. who is acting unbecomingly toward his virgin daughter, um, at she's past her youth, to let her marry. That's just not in our culture today. Right. Usually in, in our culture right now, Women get to grow up and marry who they, whoever they want to marry. It, Dad might have some say in it, but it, this is sounds more like an arranged marriage. This was an arranged marriage, and he goes, but you know what? Let her marry. But he who stands firm in his heart, being under no, uh, no constraint, but has authority over his own will, and has decided this in his own heart to keep his own virgin daughter, he will do well. So then... Both he who gives his own virgin daughter in marriage does well, and he who does not give her in marriage will do better. It sounds like in the culture, the dad is making a commitment to keep a virgin daughter in his home that he's going to be providing for her. Um, She may be working outside the home. She may be contributing inside the home, but he has made a commitment to continue to care for her, provide for her, keep her under his roof and to protect her in this present distress Mm -hmm. i I don't i want to keep emphasizing the context here that he goes look because he's answering a question he's given the context of yeah we we're in survival mode here he says if she really wants to marry there's some going okay let her marry but you know what i think you'll do better in this present distress if you just keep her um protected And again, I feel like why I'm so surprised uh, at Paul's response in all of this is he is elevating singleness, Mm. that he's saying it's actually better in this circumstance to remain single. And again, we've mentioned this in in the previous week that um, a lot of times our general culture and even our church culture can look down on singleness instead of honoring it. And Paul is saying, let's honor singleness. There's so many benefits to it. When you're single, you get to be single-minded, single-hearted, um, singly devoted to the Lord. And um, don't be surprised if you're single, if there's an aspect of ministry that you get to participate in because you have some freedom with your time because you don't ha- have other um, family obligations that are distracting you, according to what he's saying, that, that pull your attention away from ministry. But some people say, oh, but being single, you're more spiritual. You're more closer to God. God likes you better if you're single. You're like a half a notch up on the spiritual scale. I mean, what do we say to that? Is that what, he's not saying that, you know? So this is, uh, don't use this um, to justify um, your performance as a Christian or your, you know, some type of hierarchy of Christianity. That is not what, it's saying what Paul is saying at all. 
I think the flip side is also true is uh, a lot of people um, have an attitude towards singleness like why well why don't you want to get married why mm. don't you just uh, go go get married or you know you need a spouse to complete you and um, I refer over to Colossians 2:10 that we are complete in Christ a single person is complete in Christ yes. and Jerry Maguire had it all wrong remember Jerry Maguire <clears throat> you complete me mm. If that you were talking to Jesus, that's that's spot on. Um, but our, our completion is first and foremost in Christ. And we get into trouble in our marriages when we're looking to our spouse to be that completer. Um, Jesus still is the one who completes us first and foremost. Um, but then we get to complement each other nicely inside of a marriage. But a single person is 100% complete in Christ, lacking nothing. If you're single, rejoice in it. And if that's where you are, fantastic. Uh, and as you're seeking the Lord, if God brings someone across your path and you have a connection and you develop a relationship, that's awesome too. They're both equally good options. And the Lord loves you if you're single. The Lord loves you if you're married. None of that uh, is the issue. And I think we're all his favorites. We're all his favorites. I love that. So Paul wraps it up here on at least this idea in verse 39. A wife is bound as long as her husband lives. But if her husband is dead, she is free to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. But in my opinion, she is happier if she remains as she is. And I think that I also have the Spirit of God. What do you think? Uh, I, I just think it's really funny that he's talking to the women here. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he picks out the ladies and says, it's uh, it's better for you not to marry these dudes. <laughs> wow. You'll be happier without the dudes. <laughs> don't take that, uh, ladies, the I'm, wrong way. I'm just saying that's literally what Paul says. Uh, guys, you're, you're valuable. And yes. Um, interesting, though, you bring up that point that he is talking to the women, and the women really had, they had no legal standing. Uh, I wonder the, why he's singling in them. In the Jewish law, they didn't, but under Greco-Roman law, a wife could leave, leave her husband. Mm. So there was some more rights that they may have had uh, under the laws that they were under with Rome, you know, having the authority in Israel at the time. And I do, uh, again, this uh, idea that marriage, Paul hints at it as, as Jesus I uh, said that when you're married, that's a lifelong uh, commitment. Mm -hmm. That's the goal of it. Wait, are you saying it's a life sentence or a death sentence? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on on that one, not going there. What about this little phrase that a, a woman can marry whom she wishes only in the Lord? What do you think that in the Lord means? I do believe that's uh, in the context of a believer that a woman can marry only in the Lord. That means uh, someone who is equally yoked, someone who is a believer. Should it just be like, that's it? Just find a believer, marry any believer? What do you think? No, I don't think so. I think... Uh, is it, it Wait, is this scripture or is this your opinion? Uh, let me give you my opinion. Okay, tell me. All right, my opinion is, uh, number one, he says she's free to be married. Okay, not you need to be married. But you're free to be married to whom she wishes 
only in the Lord, I think, is saying you need to be directed and guided and, uh, and shown in the Lord who this person is, and you're free to be married to that person. All right, so verse 40, in Paul's opinion, she's happier if she remains as she is. Vernon Terrell, in your opinion, mm-hmm. having been married just four months ago, do you think she's happier single or, or married? No, I think she needs to get married. Um, <laughs> I'm happier. <laughs> You're talking about me? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. What about, the, what about the single folks out there? You know, for the single folks, I really think that God... Uh, we're not going to be happy if we're seeking a relationship to become complete because we feel that we're incomplete. You're not going to be happy. Mm. You will not be happy because we need to stand firm in the freedom where Christ has set us free and stand firm in the confidence of who we are and who he is in us. And if we go into marriage as I'm only 50% complete and I'm looking to this other person that's a recipe for a rough marriage. Right. We need to be uh, getting our life from Christ, not trying to get our life from each other, but sharing our life with each other. So I I think um, it kind of reminds me of the, uh, the flies and the screen door. Those on the inside are trying to get out. Those on the outside are trying to get in. Mm. Let's be content where we are in this. This is what uh, Paul had said earlier is, is would you bloom where you're planted if you find yourself single today? Um, will you bloom in that? It, it, maybe release even um, the the demand to find a spouse and allow God to bring you a spouse in his timing. Let him show you who that person is. And in the meantime, in the waiting, um, be content with, uh, with where God has you today instead of always seeking to find um, your spouse, maybe shift that focus to becoming the person that God has called you to be, learning your true identity and walking out um, the purpose, the unique purpose that God has called you to. And that's how we want to wrap up today's podcast is we want you to seek the Lord, seek his wisdom where you are. If God has called you, in singleness, learn to rejoice and know that he's for you always. He's always with you, will never forsake you. Learn to draw your strength, your value, your completeness, all from the source. And for our married folks out there, honor your single community. Honor those uh, in your small group, in your neighborhood, in your church that are walking this out in singleness. Boy, what it would mean to their hearts for you to affirm their singleness. Um, so I, I challenge you guys who are married to next time you see your, your single friend, your single uh, neighbor, uh, give them a word of encouragement and affirm their singleness. Exactly. Don't don't affirm what dating site they should be on. Okay. <laughs> Not saying those are bad, but affirm their singleness and their value in the Lord. And if you have questions, you might want to do what these folks did to Paul. Now, they wrote a letter, but maybe you need to send an email or a message to Grace Ministries and say, I got a question or my marriage is hurting. I don't, uh, and or I'm hurting as a single person and I, I need someone to walk alongside me. 
That's why we're here. How can they reach out to us? Uh, you can go to our website at gmintgment.org. Uh, you can send an email to GMI, Grace Ministries International, GMI at gmint.org. And we'd love to connect with you and answer whatever questions uh, we can. And if counseling is the right avenue for you, then we get you going down that process. Perhaps it's uh, getting in one of our groups in our encounter group that's starting up in the fall. Uh, we have some openings, uh, and that is that's a, it's a commitment, but a commitment that's well worth it. Real quick, what is the encounter group for those who aren't familiar? The encounter group is about a seven-month uh, process, uh, a seven-month uh, small group that its sole purpose is to encounter the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and to transform your life uh, all focused on the truths that we talk about all the time around identity, around forgiveness, around our uh, brokenness to entrusting, all of the things we talk about, but in a group environment, learning uh, and gleaning from one another, growing together. It is the ultimate walking it out. <laughs> it is the ultimate walking it out. So I don't know what the Lord um, is speaking to your heart on but whatever it is, don't just ponder it. Don't talk about it. We want you to stop talking and start walking. You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gmint.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.